Sheena, what would you say is your competitive edge? I would honestly say that this podcast and the conversations and dialogues with execs is one of my competitive edges. I feel like access, whether that's to people or information, is a huge competitive edge, especially today in the digital world. That's exactly why we decided to launch The Edge, which is a new thought leadership newsletter penned by our very own president and COO, Kelly Breslin Wright. It's fantastic. It's this sneak peek into the inner thinking and the experiences of a highly successful female executive who has been there, done that as a board member, as a president of a hypergrowth company, as a sales leader. So being able to see her thought processes, you really get to tap into something that you wouldn't have known otherwise. It's really a written extension of what we talk about here, how to scale your business, how to be a better leader, how to adapt to the different trends that are coming. So every month she drops a new addition. It's always less than five minutes. And you know, you know that there's data in that because that's what we do. We love data. So how do we sign up, Jeff? All you have to do is jump down to the show notes and you're going to see a link. Hit the link, put in your email address, and that's it. That's it. That's all you have to do. Easy peasy. All right. That was fun. As leaders, we focus on what's wrong with people because we have a fixation on fixing. Let's find what's right about you, put you in that driver's seat, and then fix the little things along the way. This is Reveal, the Revenue Intelligence Podcast. Here to help go-to-market leaders do one thing. Stop guessing. If you're ready to unlock reality and reach your potential, then this show is for you. I'm Sheena Badani. And I'm Devin Reed, coming to you from the Gong Studios. Gathering the best of the best revenue leaders under one roof to get their candid takes on where the market is going? Now that's a reason to celebrate, which is exactly why the Gong team put together Celebrate, the reality roadshow. We've been traveling from city to city across the US and London to give these amazing revenue leaders an opportunity to take center stage and share their insights. Over the next couple months, we'll share some of these Celebrate sessions with you. If you're a sales leader who wants to be prepared for the back half of 2022 and beyond, you won't wanna miss this conversation. Let's get into it. There's a lot going on in our world, and some of it can seem challenging. And what we're here to talk about in this session is how can you actually take some of those headwinds and create opportunities out of that? And how can we best set ourselves up and our teams up for what's coming next? Sometimes you have to take a step back. Mm. You have to kind of level up to understand what's going on and get some of that perspective. And what better place to do that than on the 101st floor of Peak to get some of that perspective. For the purpose of the audience, it would be great to get to know all three of you a little bit better. So why don't we start off with your best one-minute personal pitch? <laughs> sure. Hi. My name is Chris Castorino. I lead enablement for an incredible organization called SoftServe. We are a global tech services company founded in Ukraine. So this is a very interesting topic for us, and I'm happy to be here. I'm also a Gong customer and a huge fan. Thank you. Kim. Hi, I'm Kim. Thanks for having me. I like to say I'm Canadian, and I actually just became an American last Saturday. Congratulations. Yeah. I've been here for 20 years. Thank you. I love the American spirit. Spent 11 years at a company called HubSpot and recently just joined Apollo a month ago. So I'm pretty new, but really excited to be here. Thank you. Wonderful. So why don't we kick off with strategy? 
let's start with the data. So BCG actually conducted a survey of over 1,800 companies over a 25-year time period. And what they saw was that the companies that were resilient actually led to 30% of outperformance. So resilience is a really, really critical thing for companies to develop and foster in their organizations. And as we think about how we create and design our own strategy, a big reason for the strategic vision that we put into place is to help us be resilient for no matter what comes across and to pivot that as things come up. So let's dive into that a little bit. So Chris, maybe you could just start out and share some perspectives. I mean, you're working with a Ukrainian-based company right now, so. Talk about uh, resilience, right? Exactly, exactly. So tell us a little bit about like, how are you thinking about this current market environment and how are you helping your teams to stay resilient? Yeah, you can look at it from a number of ways, but working for a Ukrainian company, you learn every day. I mean, I remember the night that the war happened. I mean, I was glued to the TV. I have 10 employees based in Ukraine, so just constantly. And it's amazing, you can see how resilience has been built into their DNA, right? You know, they're still up and working. You'll hear the sirens go, hey, I'll be right back. I've got to go to the bomb shelter. But not all of us are that resilient. And I was reading some recent research from ADP Research Institute said, only 19% of US workers are highly resilient. So some of the things that really impact resilience is first you have to have the right people. You have to select the right people because it's not really something you can teach. Mm. But one of the biggest impacts on resilience is trust. And the only way you have trust is by fostering that through the team leader and senior leadership with ongoing two-way communication. From a macroeconomic standpoint, there's a lot of uncertainty, so people are scared. And those communications are critical to increase in resilience. Mm -hmm. There's so much that we can learn from. Um, and especially as global companies, you learn some of these traits and things that folks have been doing in other places that we can learn from. Absolutely. Kim, maybe you could touch a little bit about what you're doing with your teams too to help maintain that resiliency. Sure. Well, first of all, I believe that the human spirit is extremely resilient. So that starts with a growth mindset that I try and just educate people on because things are hard, but I'm a big fan of never being a know-it-all, be a learn-it-all. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? And I think it means you really have to just focus on what's in our control. So there's like mm -hmm. two buckets, right? Bucket one is everything outside of our control. Bucket two is everything in our control. And we just have to focus on what's in our control. There's always going to be headwinds. There's always going to be tailwinds. We're always going to be spinning. But I think to tie it back to strategy and what I liked about, I didn't actually know that statistic that Kelly spoke about, but I believe that alignment is greater than strategy. So when you think about what's our strategy, it's actually as a team, what are we doing in the bucket of the controllables? And are we all aligned? And do we all believe that if we just do the things, the basic blocking and tackling every single day of the things that are in our control, we're gonna be resilient, we're gonna be a team, we're aligned, the strategy will come as we continue to find a lot of pain points and continue to solve the pain points. That just is gonna get us through this time. Mm -hmm. And I think it gets you through great times and I think it gets you through this time that we're probably headed towards, but I think you just can't hide behind it. And I actually prefer to operate when you can't really hide behind things because it makes it a lot more fun just to do it together, I mean. <laughs> I was a soccer player, so I like team sports, but I think it's fun to yeah. do it together. Yeah, That's there's so always true. challenges. So another key aspect of strategy is our people. And it's been kind of an interesting year where we started 
the beginning of the year with the great reshuffle and sales talent shortage, and now fast forward six months, it's a totally different environment where companies are like rethinking their strategies around hiring and what their teams are focused on. So there's been a bit of shift around that, not for everybody, but for some major industries. We actually recently conducted at Gong a reality of sales talent survey to really kind of understand the motivators behind individual contributors and reps and what's driving them. And what we found was that the number one challenge that folks are faced with right now is motivation. And you pile onto that all of these economic challenges, which could be on the personal front for them. It could be on the professional side or with their companies. And that makes motivation even harder. And how do you get your teams to get out of bed and do the work that you need them to do for your company to ultimately be successful can be really, really challenging. Kim, maybe you could start off, like, what are some of the things that you've done, whether it was at HubSpot or now at Apollo, to maintain that motivation and drive with your teams? I think one is having a rooted mission and vision of why you're doing what you're doing and really lean into the why. And also, I think at times... It's really about leaning into your people. Like if you are a sales leader, you may actually feel like you want to ask more and demand more from a metrics perspective from your people. But in reality, what your people probably want is like a hug. Just like be a person and understand what they want. I mean, the first time I was a sales leader, I remember we weren't hitting our number and I was like, what do I do? Do I come down on them? And then someone gave me that advice that I'll pass along now, which was like, actually just kind of give them a hug and understand. And recently when I joined Apollo, we have a really great VP of sales who's seen great before at a lot of other companies. And the thing that he said to me is, Kim, I just want to be heard. I'm not motivated by money. I don't think the best salespeople are motivated by money, by the way. But he was like, I just want to be heard. And I think that's really an amazing thing around like motivating Mm -hmm. human beings is do they have a voice? Are they tied to your mission? Do they understand your values, which I think you need to have? And then are you all aligned? And are you all in that boat together? I think oftentimes people have a lot of the answers if we can just listen to what they want to say. Yeah, that's really... And like pull the motivation out of them because it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's reminding me of Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence. A lot of the, you know, that's in there of like people want to be heard. They have a voice. And how do you make them feel important? Yeah. I would add one more thing to that, which is also like it kind of starts with me. Like, what am I struggling with? How am I being vulnerable? Like as a leader, you can't always appear like things are just totally okay. So what headwinds are we facing? Are you worried about what's happening with the economy? Are you worried about what's happening with the sales number? How are you feeling? Mm -hmm. There's this concept that I brought with me to Apollo and we just started doing it in a weekly meeting, which is a check-in and a check-out. And like we went from one meeting to another and it was pretty tense. And then I was like, have you guys ever heard the tactic, the check-in? And then we did a little check-in and it was like, huh. Like allowed everyone to kind of breathe. Because we're all people yeah. trying to do the best we can. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like those five minutes that you would have in between meetings or right before a meeting started when you were in person. How do you recreate that in the virtual and hybrid world? Yeah. So, Chris, you talked about your globally dispersed company and you have folks all over the world. Maybe you could touch on a couple things that have worked particularly well for you. Yeah. So the key is, right, to not let the data become the forefront of the conversation. The analytics are important, but when it comes to like accountability and motivation, you can't hold people accountable. 
-hmm. You can only tie into their inherent motivation. And there's, there's a lot of research about motivation, 2.0, 3.0, the carrot, the stick. There's research that says people are motivated by things, autonomy, mastery, purpose, relatedness. And when you tie the work into those things, you get more to the people. So the autonomy, helping them do work the way they choose to do it. Purpose, what are they striving for? What do they want to be? What it means something to them? And that's how, I mean, you have to take, like, yeah, the analytics are important, like how many calls you're making or how productive your conversations. But until you actually really tie into their individual motivations through those trustful conversations as a coach and coach Coaching rather to the actions, getting into the beliefs and values, that's how you drive performance. Mm -hmm. It's not as easy as it looks, but it's important because that's how you get people to perform at that higher level. Well, that's a great segue into our third pillar, which is all around performance. I love the point that you made on connecting to some of those values and like those drivers before you can get to like the optimization and tweaking things. So Chris, you're in charge of identifying ways to enable your field at scale and technology plays a role in that. Dude. So tell us a little bit more about how you're using advanced technologies, whether it's AI or otherwise in your stack. Yeah, okay. so we launched Gong in January, and it was critical for us because there's so much focus on the seller. And that's why we rebranded our department as business enablement, because we started mm. to think differently. It's not just the seller. Where can you pull the levers for maximum performance? And what we did things we identified immediately was a huge gap in our delivery force. So delivery was going on these meetings, and our sellers are doing things great. They pass it over to delivery, and it's like, rah, 10 minute dialogues and then all of a sudden you could, and I'm watching these calls, you could see the customer's eyes glaze over. So just by that and pivoting saying, okay, we're gonna put together delivery excellence and a whole program around it and then shifted somebody into a new role to take care of it. That's the second thing I would say is when you're taking sellers, don't think of them as one size fits all. There's sellers that are good at closing, there's mm -hmm. sellers that are good at opening doors, so don't treat them as such. And that's what we've also done in organization, keeping a very flexible approach. If this is what you're good at, let's put you in the driver's seat. I'm a big proponent of strength-based leadership. If that's what you're good at, let's make sure the majority of your day is that's what you're doing. And then we'll course correct on the things that you need to improve upon. But a lot of times as leaders, we focus on what's wrong with people because we have a fixation on fixing. Let's find what's right about you, put you in that driver's seat, and then fix the little things along the way. So that's how we approach it. Kim, maybe you have some other ideas or things that you're working on at Apollo to drive productivity and efficiency for your team. Sure. Well, I talked a lot about mission. I'm really excited about Apollo's mission because it's making go-to-market accessible, simpler, better, easier for everyone so they can do their jobs all the way from an SDR, an inbound chat consultant, to a BDR, to a sales rep. And I think my answer maybe is a little bit simple, but I think we need to stop asking go-to-market people to log into so many different tools. So <laughs> I, you know, I got really excited about, I'll I think what Gong is building and I mean, what you're talking about, pushing and pulling data into Gong, I mean, it's about the ecosystem, right? Customers will come for the platform, stay for the ecosystem. And I think we just need to give salespeople the ability to let them do their job. A question that I say a lot is, if you're a salesperson today and you are thinking of yourself as an airplane and you're about to take off on that runway, is it clear? Or are there a lot of things in your way, like you're getting nervous? And I think the way that I see the role of like a go-to-market leader is trying to remove those blockers mm -hmm. and the hurdles. Like, let's let salespeople do what they do really well. And I would say help people, but you could also say sell, but I like to say help people. <laughs> Why don't we do a rapid response, like your one recommendation to everybody on how they can be best set up for the rest of 2022? Bygone. Uh, <laughs> well, I love to hear and that. I, and I will tell you why, though, because 
it gave us visibility into things. You can't coach what you can't see. So we built this enablement team. There was no enablement team when I joined, and I couldn't see what was happening. And the second Gong came into our organization, it was like, the lights were on. I'm like, mm. there, 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 there. So for me, looking at conversational intelligence is critical. A plus. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> plus one that and say leverage Gong plus the partnerships that Gong has in the ecosystem. Good, yeah. Gong Collective. <laughs> Set, <Sure>. A plus. <laughs> If you want to learn more about how revenue intelligence can help you achieve your goals, head over to gong.io. And if you like what you heard today, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening.